Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. She grew up in what some call a cult. I experienced sexual violation done in the name of God. Now. My father had 25 children. We were his secret in the basement. A former sect member speaks out. At age 19, I was married to the prophet of the FLDS people. This 85-year-old man who has 64 other wives. How does that make sense to a father to marry his daughter off to the crypt keeper? In a Dr. Phil exclusive, she faces off with her polygamous father. Rebecca says the children were beaten viciously by your first wife. I doubt that. You doubt that she was beaten bloody? Correct. Do you think that she is lying? This is Rebecca Musser. Beautiful, blonde, stylish, and confident. But this is how she used to look as a 19-year-old bride on the day of her wedding to an 85-year-old man. Rebecca was born in to a polygamous FLDS sect. By 22, she was taught about mandatory heavenly sessions where virgins were forced to have sex with the prophet while his other wives watched. At 26, she escaped the cult by scaling a 10-foot wall in the middle of the night. But it wasn't long before she realized that her freedom wasn't free. And now she is fighting a battle with her own polygamous father, who actually officiated her wedding ceremony to the 85-year-old man. Now today, her father joins us and speaks out for the very first time, but before we meet Rebecca, you really need to understand what it was that she was escaping from. Take a look at one of the most notorious polygamous sects in the history of the United States. It was led by Mr. Warren Jeffs. It's a secret world of polygamy and alleged abuse going on right here in the U.S. in a town called Colorado City. Warren Jeffs is the one that controls everybody. Everybody does what he says. I sent my son, Jay, to investigate. I'm standing outside the towns of Hildale and Colorado City. These places do not welcome outsiders. Do you know Warren Jeffs? I've met him. He is highly respected, highly loved. They say that he is responsible for arranging marriages in a polygamous way with child brides. Getting into personal areas, I'm just not going to get into. I'd like to announce the rest of FBI top 10 most wanted fugitive, Warren Steve Jeffs. Well, Jeffs is accused of sex crimes in Utah and Arizona for allegedly ordering his young female followers to marry older men and to have sex with them. After trouble with the law in Utah and Arizona, Warren Jeffs resettled part of the sect in Texas. We've been following the controversial story of 416 children who have been removed from an alleged cult led by Warren Jeffs. 
The Texas trial for FLDS leader Warren Jeffs is underway. He is accused of marrying two underage girls and faces sex assault charges. Mr. Jeffs, why did you need 79 wives? The prosecutor said Jeffs corrupted and perverted his religious authority. The evidence against Jeffs was seized during the police raid of the YFZ ranch near El Dorado, Texas in 2008. With a mountain of documents and audio recordings, prosecutors presented a strong case that Jeffs raped a 12-year-old in his temple and impregnated a 15-year-old. If the world knew what I was doing, Jeffs wrote, they would hang me from the highest tree. Warren Jess will stay locked up for life. Life in prison plus 20 years. Well, Rebecca was one of those women of Zion who became a witness brave enough to come forward and testify against Warren Jeffs, leading to his conviction. I understand the FLDS sect is still active in Hilldale, Colorado City, El Dorado, Texas, and other places, supposedly being run by Warren Jeffs from prison. Who knows, because it's so secretive. Take a look as Rebecca talks about her life as one of the virgin brides of the FLDS. I was born and raised in the FLDS church. I grew up as a polygamous child and also became a polygamist wife. My father had three wives. He had a very successful business life. He worked with NASA. He did not advertise that he was a polygamist. There was a lot of abuse in my father's home of every kind mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and sexual. When Rulin Just became the prophet of the FLDS people, he took over the one connection to God, and shaking his hand was like shaking the hand of God himself. Rulin Jeffs had been watching me since the time I was 16. At age 19, I was married to Rulin, who was 85 at the time. I had 64 sister wives. My father not only condoned my marriage to Rulin Jeffs, he performed the ceremony. The night that I was married, it was like a crash course in geriatric care, trying to figure out an oxygen machine and how all the hoses worked. He was trying to consummate this marriage. Certainly his body was older and he couldn't perform as a young man would. But it doesn't mean that he didn't try. And if ever a young girl prayed for God to intervene, I did. And no angel came. When Rulin Jeffs died, Warren said, you are going to be remarried. He said, you know this is what God wants. And I said, no, I do not. And he said, I will break you. No matter who you marry, I will always have jurisdiction over you. And I just wanted to die. Well, scared and alone, Rebecca didn't know what to do. But then a phone call from her brother changed her life forever. In a very a most amazing chain of events, my brother contacted me. He said he'd seen on the news that Roland Jeffs died. He said, don't get remarried. And I said, I'm leaving. He said, come live with me. I'll help you. And I made preparations to leave. And I slipped past security guards and cameras and climbed over this fence. On November 3rd, 2002, I escaped from the FLDS. 
I remember being contacted by a man who had tried to help many people who had left the FLDS, and he said, would you consider talking to someone about possibly pressing charges? Warren was charged with accomplice to rape. Warren Jeffs was brought to trial. That was the first time that I had seen him in the courtroom since he said, I will break you. I remember walking in the courtroom, wearing red, and looking over at Warren, and he looked directly at me, and I wanted him to know that I did not cower. I looked him directly in the eye, and I just nodded my head, and he nodded his, and it was like we meet again. So wearing red was very significant. It was for me, yes. Yeah. We were not allowed to wear red growing up, and so after I left, I wanted to send a message to Warren uh, that I knew I wasn't broken. You testified 23 times, uh, contributing to the conviction of 11 men, including Warren Jets. What pushed you over that wall finally? What made you climb that wall and run for it? In my life as Rulin Jeff's wife, I experienced a level of violation from a man that was supposed to be God in mortality and, and the incredible amounts of sexual violation that no God of any deity would, would sanction. And it was tremendously traumatizing for me. So when I was being forced to be remarried after Roland Jeffs died, I'd had enough. That was the last straw for me. And I figured I might go to hell but at least I chose it. I cannot stay and do what I'm being asked to do. You were never taught about sex or anything of that nature, and then you're married. For me to go from being schooled my whole life that it was shameful to be touched, then to have this man, this old man, trying to touch me in intimate ways, not only was it terrifying, but it was horrifying to have this man that could have been my grandfather doing this and being confused and wondering, what is going on? Isn't this bad? My parents never told me about this. And you know your father says that you were thrilled about this and that you're just saying now that you didn't want to do it. I think this is a really good example of part of what happens in a close society and especially in a society like this. There is a level of detachment between the parents and the children. My father had 25 children. My mother had 14 children. We were his secret in the basement. He did not advertise to the world that he had a second family. And he was gone a lot. And so the, my father, we did not interact. And I certainly did not feel safe to go to him with my problems. I knew very well what was expected of me as an FLDS girl. And when I did have conversations with him, he told me that my salvation would be made sure and that it was such a great blessing. All right, well, let's take a break. Next, we're going to find out why Rebecca's mother said she'd rather see her dead and why her own father is threatening to sue her. We'll talk about why her family's divided when we come back. Was getting attack from my siblings, a few of them sending messages, how dare you not get our permission to write this book. My father threatened a defamation of character lawsuit. My mother said, I would rather see all of my 14 children laid in the grave than to see any one of you stand up against our prophet. Tomorrow on an all new Dr. Phil. 
everything she knows about her husband. Are you telling the truth or are you not? No, I'm not. Is a lie. My husband has been leading a secret life. When he finally comes clean. That's something she's never known. You're putting my life in jeopardy and our children. Things get dangerous. We're lucky the police didn't come knock down our doors. Oh, this isn't over. Tomorrow. Then on Monday, accused of murder. Did you have anything to do with that boy's death? No. But from prison, his father drops a bombshell. You will not believe the shocking things he said to me. That's Monday. Six years ago, former FLDS bride Rebecca Musser put on a bright red blouse and defiantly walked into a Utah courtroom and testified against Warren Jeffs, the self-proclaimed prophet of the polygamous sect of the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. Now, since then, she's written a book called The Witness War Red. In it, she reveals what she says is the truth about her family's cult-like lifestyle. But her family says that her version of the truth is twisted. In 2005, my mother disappeared with my two baby sisters. Just like the Twilight Zone, I filed a missing persons report for my mother and my sisters. In 2006, when Warren was caught, my mother called me. She said, do you have charges against our prophet? And I said, Mom, I, I don't know who all has charges against him. And she said, well, honey, I just want you to know I would rather see all of my 14 children laid in the grave than to see any one of you stand up against our prophet. That was the last time I spoke to my mother. That speaks to the level of grooming and the mindset within this society that dictates the connection between a mother and her child. Once my family found out, I was surprised at the incredible amount of resistance. It's not ever intended to be an expose of my family. I chose to write my book because this is not the first time a cult group has manipulated people. I wrote my book for that girl who's been sexually violated. I wrote my book for that woman who's being beaten. We can't stop what we don't know is happening. After my father found out about my book, without even knowing what was in it, he threatened a defamation of character lawsuit. I was getting attack from my siblings, a few of them sending messages, how dare you not get our permission to write this book. They feel like I violated them all because I chose to speak. It's sad to me that my father at his age still denies the abuse. He still denies having any hand in what happened. I have broken the cult family rules and I talked about things that we always understood should stay silent. So at the time, you are assigned to the prophet, mm -hmm. Rulon, this 85-year-old man who has 64 other wives. I was his 19th wife. So at you the time 19th. I married him, I, he had 18 wives. And he ultimately had how many? 65 total. Where are these other 18 women and what happens between you and him? In a, a polygamous culture, the women are taught that it is their place, that there's never an end to the husband's kingdom. He will never stop getting wives. So they're taught what is expected of them when their husband gets another wife. So actually, Rulon Jeff's wives welcomed me. 
then they left me, and I was there alone with this man, and that's something not common either. And he, I had to pull him out of the chair, help him back, and, and he just told me what to do to help him undress, get him into bed, get the oxygen machine going. And then I, I didn't want to, to, I just wanted to leave, and he patted the bed next to him. And I knew what was expected of me to obey, so I went there and laid there just stiff, and he, he leaned over and he tried to undo my nightgown, except I didn't know anything about intimacy, so I sewed my own nightgown, and I just made it where it didn't open very far, and, and he, uh, yeah, <laughs> and so um, he tried to get his hand down there, and, and he just got frustrated and fumbled and jerked his hand out, and he grabbed me, and he gave me this slobbery kiss, and he said, a kiss is enough for tonight. And I remember laying there on the bed thinking, dear God, what else could there be? Did you ever consummate that marriage? <laughs> Rule and Jeff's definitely, definitely. Your father very much wanted a third wife. Yes. But he had not been able to get one. Right. How long after you were given to the prophet was it before he got his third wife? It, within the, the year, within the next year. And I was my father's second daughter to marry the prophet. And after an exchange, of, and, and it's often seen where a daughter's given here, something's given back. And the third wife is a significant thing. I remember for years, my father wondered, was he faithful enough? Did he give enough money? He would talk to my mother about this, about getting that third wife. That was a significant thing because that opened the doors of the highest degree of heaven for him. If you have three wives, you get to the highest degree of heaven. You have to have that number to prove your faithfulness. Up next, Rebecca's father, Lloyd, is going to join us. Now, do you want to be part of that? My father is here to tell me what I can remember, what I can say, what I can talk about. I have come to know that in cases of abuse, when abuse has happened, very rarely does the abuser admit to that. And there's nothing productive for me to be here with my father because I will not go back to that girl to be silent, to be in my corner and, and to recant what I've said. Oh, I don't want you to be silent. <laughs> Respecting Rebecca's wishes, of course, um, I'm going to uh, excuse her to the green room while I talk to her father about why he says her book is full of untruths. He's breaking his silence for the first time. We'll be right back. You have to have at least three wives to achieve the highest degree of the celestial kingdom. I have a total of 25 children. Rebecca had a life of a princess. In 1995, Ruland called me in and told me that Rebecca belonged to him as a wife. She was delighted. 
you've all heard me talk about Doctor On Demand, the exciting new app that my son Jay and I created that allows you within seconds to visit face-to-face -face with a board-certified doctor using your smartphone. Now, usually our Doctor On Demand visits cost just $40, about the cost of a copay. But we have been tracking the cold and flu outbreaks, and since Jay and I own the company, we get to make the decisions and have decided that from now until February 28th, all Doctor On Demand calls are free, instant and free. Download the Doctor On Demand app from iTunes App Store or Google Play and talk to a doctor now. And yes, it's free until February 28th. Hey, Dr. Phil here. Did you know that more than 16 million kids in the U.S. are at risk of hunger each day? Join me and visit feedingamerica.org hunger to find your local food bank to help. I'm Dr. Phil, and together, we are Feeding America. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The women wore long dresses, no makeup, and kept their hair long so they would have it to wash and dry their husband's feet in heaven. Sounds like something made up in a novel, right? Well, it's not. It's the doctrine of the FLDS church, which some call a cult. Rebecca Musser has been telling us some of everything that she discusses in her book, The Witness Wore Red. But her father, Lloyd, claims her life growing up as a woman of Zion and bride number 19 out of 65 to an 85-year-old man was nothing like she claims. He does want to set the record straight by speaking out for the first time about Rebecca and their polygamous FLDS life. I met my first wife while I was in junior high school. We were married when we first got out of high school. My first wife's parents converted to the FLDS. I decided to convert because I wanted to embrace all 100% of the religion that's taught by Joseph Smith. My first wife and I had discussions about plural and celestial marriage. And the celestial part of it is that your children love each other and there's cooperation all through the house. And that part makes it stand out completely from polygamy. Polygamy is where a guy basically just counting how many wives he's got. In 1967, I received a voice revelation concerning a woman. I knew that this woman was to be my second wife. You can only achieve the highest degree of the celestial kingdom by plurality of wives, and you have to have at least three wives. I had my third wife placed beside me by ruling Jess. I have a total of 25 children, all mine. Rebecca was one of my favorites. Rebecca had a life of a princess. She had everything she wanted. She had all the clothes that she wanted, and she was involved in all the activities that she wanted to be involved in. None of my daughters were married before the age of 18. I was actually criticized for not turning my daughters in earlier. Back in 1995, Ruland called me in and told me that, that Rebecca belonged to him as a wife. She was delighted. 
It gave her a princess status, the power, the unlimited credit card, the ability to travel with him. And so she was excited about it. Well, one of my core beliefs is that every girl has the right to reject any marriage she doesn't want to get involved in. That choice, Rebecca, could make if she wanted it. She elected to go through with that choice and marry him. Rulin died, Warren stepped in and took all of his wives. Of course, Rebecca rebelled and said, I'm not marrying you. He called Rebecca in to his office and he said, Rebecca, you are like a wild Mustang and I'm gonna break you. And that was the wrong discussion to have with Rebecca. She got up and left and, and escaped. And I was grateful she was out of there. I am extremely disappointed in the book that Rebecca wrote. She had issued some very inflammatory statements in it. I'm concerned with her because I, I, I don't want her to see her destroy family relationships. Family is all we really got. Well, the book Lloyd says he is disappointed in is The Witness War Red by Rebecca Musser, uh, the 19th wife who brought polygamous cult leaders to justice is the title of the book. Lloyd, why did you want to be here today? Well, there, there are some things in the book that uh, is just not right. And the family wants to make them right, and I want to make them right. But I think the one thing that everybody needs to understand, I want this book published. I want it to be a Pulitzer Prize winner. So it, it's got to be right all the way through. To tell the truth is what it's got to do. You've been listening to everything your daughter's had to say. Correct. Um, she says in the book that she did not want to marry Rulon, known as the prophet at the time, and that um, you took her to McDonald's, which was a real treat, and that you two had a conversation about it. Is it accurate up to that point? No. What's wrong? Uh, Rulon called me in, and he told me, he says, I think that your daughter Rebecca belongs to me. Then I went home, and I met with uh, Rebecca's mother. Then we conversed with Rebecca. And uh, at that point, she seemed very happy about it. There are a number of incidents in the book that are totally misleading that it uh, tries to make me out as a very abusive father. Were you abusive? No. I paddled my boys a couple of, or more than once. Were, but you, I, were you negligent in, in terms of, because Rebecca says that the children were beaten viciously by your first wife and you did nothing to protect them. Really, that's not a true statement. Irene is only a... Yeah, less than a five-foot-tall woman. At that time, she weighed probably 110 pounds. And, uh, uh, but she, assigned with the righteousness of God and raising children to believe that you do not rise up against your parent, five-foot-two is 10 feet tall, and you know it. I, I agree with you on that comment. All right, Rebecca has made some very specific allegations in her book, and Lloyd has identified some of those that he particularly wants to respond to. And I'm going to give him that opportunity right after the break. Closed captioning provided by...
Lloyd, at one time husband to three wives and father of 25 children, was once a member of a notorious polygamous religious sect. He says he still believes in the FLDS doctrine and what he calls plural marriage. Now, his daughter Rebecca's testimony was instrumental in putting FLDS leader Warren Jeffs behind bars for life after being convicted of two felony counts of child sexual assault. How do you feel now about the fact that you delivered not one but two daughters into the hands of his father, Rulon? I, it, it pains me very badly that that happened. You said, and I believe I'm quoting you verbatim, in fact, I was criticized for not turning my daughters in earlier. That's correct. You used the term, turning my daughters in. That's correct. What happened? How does that, how's that okay with you? Let me, let me explain. First of all, my family and I were having a lot of fun together. My daughters did not want to get into marriage until they were ready to get into marriage. They, they would come to me and say, Father, I think I'm ready for marriage, turn me in. And uh, so Sharon's oldest daughter was like 23, and normally they marry around 18. Did you get your third wife because you turned in your second daughter? Not at all, not at all. When Lloyd threatened to sue Rebecca and her publisher, he met and did a two hour interview with their attorneys. That meeting was recorded. I want you to listen to how you describe your daughters in this audio. Listen. I knew sooner or later I had a premonition that the was going to be his wife. That didn't have any effect on that, other than he knew that I had all these daughters, and that was an asset. You said, I knew that I was going to get this wife and he knew I had all these daughters and that was an asset. Because if I can deliver these daughters, these assets, these are assets. If I can turn them over, then I'll get something back. No, no. That's what you just said. No. Well, it, then it, it's a misinterpretation from this standpoint. But I had the impression, I saw how Rulin was cuddling up, so to speak, to both the uh, Christine and Rebecca, as they would go to the line to shake. So I, I knew sooner or later that he was going to come forth and ask for them. Well, listen to this clip, because during this same meeting with Rebecca's attorneys, you referred to the marriage to your third wife as a transaction. L listen. Ruland acted very quickly. He married off in less than a month. There's no way Rulin would have allowed her to come back to me anyway. I would, he would have lost face in that transaction. So those were transactions. Well, transactions, but the thing is, the, the, that uh, uh, sentence was in relationship to the fact that my third wife, after she was taken from me, wanted to come back. She didn't want to leave me. And she was reassigned. And yeah, and Rulin acted very quickly and had her married. And that's what that sentence referred to. Rebecca has been listening from the green room. Let me, let me ask you just straight up, because it's one thing we can clarify. This only involved two people. Did you or did you not want to marry 85-year-old Rulon Jeffs? I did not want to marry him, however, 
I had been trained from birth what was expected of me, what my duties were as an FLDS girl in order to get to heaven. Anything less than that would have equaled my eternal damnation. Just dad to dad, how does that make common sense to a father to marry his young, beautiful daughter off to the crypt keeper? <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talk to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil has her husband's secret life. Are you telling the truth? No, I'm not. Put their family in danger. We're lucky the police didn't come knock on our doors. Oh, this isn't over. That's tomorrow. Closed captioning provided by... I want to take a look here at um, some of the passages that you have identified to us so I can give you opportunity and Rebecca may comment. You had a problem with this statement that we just talked about. I can't marry the prophet. I cried. I can't. I passed back and forth, unable to calm down. I don't want to marry him, mother. I'm sorry, but he's old. You notice how happy Christina's prophet's house is. It's what you supposedly said, his eyes overly merry. It's because she is making the best of it. I started to protest, then he interjected firmly, remember, your salvation is assured now, sis. Your salvation is assured. And you said, not true. She was excited about it. It was princess status. You're going to have unlimited credit card, fly around a private jet. All of a sudden, her life was made and her salvation was assured. That's correct. Just dad to dad. Whether you believe she wanted to, didn't want to, sort of wanted to, kind of wanted to, how does that make common sense to a father to marry his young, beautiful daughter off to the crypt keeper? <laughs> the guy's 85. I realize what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But you've got to realize that fathers in this cult were program for the, the very same issue that Rebecca has brought up. We thought it was a privilege and an honor to have your daughter married to the prophet. And, and the thing that strikes me is she was born into this, but you came in at 30. You had had life experiences, so you, you had some grounding in reality outside those walls. Correct. And it just still seemed like a, a good transaction. The thing being, when I transitioned from the LDS church and was converted to the, the FLDS uh, part of it, 
I made a full commitment. I had to get rid of a lot of my thinking. Yeah. Any comment to me, Rebecca? I am a 37-year-old woman, a mother of two beautiful young children, and the length that I would go to give my children the skills, the perspective of the outside world, to keep them safe, to let them express their will, I would never give up any common sense. And I've only been in the outside world for 11 years. I just find that as a parent, to my father as a parent, atrocious. I just don't even understand it. Well, let's move on. The next one, he grabbed my wrists roughly, binding them easily with one of his hands, leaving the other to travel beneath my dress and tug on my underpants. I squirmed and twisted for what felt like an eternity but could not escape his clutches. It goes on. She says in her book, she alleges in her book that she was molested by her brother, your son, and beaten and called a whore for it by your wife. You had a response to that, which was, Mom has never dyed her hair. What a cheap shot to demonize your mother. Now, you say that because my stepmother looked down at me in surprise, her dyed black hair perfectly coiffed as usual with French twist in the back. Your response was, Mom has never dyed her hair. Okay, you want to put it in that perspective. But her mother never came to me. She never told her mother. And so I was not aware of any sexual abuse ever occurring in my family. I was really surprised. Do you believe her when she says this? Well, I, I have nothing to, to uh, doubt it. She could have, it could have easily happened, but it was kept from me. And your wife never told you about it? No. She never told you she beat her bloody? <laughs> I doubt that, but no, I was never told that. You, you doubt that she was beaten bloody? Correct. Rebecca, were you beaten bloody? I was beaten bloody many times, and that time especially. I could, I still clearly see that. And again, for whatever reason, my father's not willing to acknowledge the reality. It's convenient. Why did you put another man's name on your daughter's birth certificate? Keep the authorities off our back because that would be a crime called bigamy. Did you maintain an air of secrecy about multiple wives and your, your whole life? Was there an air of secrecy about this well, by you and within the church? You always, you didn't want to flaunt it, but uh, all of my people around me knew what I was doing, all of my neighbors knew we were. Why did you put another man's name on your daughter's birth certificate? Well, at that point, the, the things were getting pretty hot as far as plural marriage goes. And we, when the, when the child was uh, born, we did use another name on that. But we later went in and had the birth certificates changed to the correct name. So that was a fraudulent document when you put that name on it? Correct, that. it was. And that was a protective stand we had to take in order to keep the authorities off our back. Right, because that would be a crime called bigamy. <laughs> well, Rebecca seems to have very specific recollections about this. What, do you think that she is lying? And if so, why would she do that? 
Rebecca is lying. And the reason she's doing it is she has to demonize me and she has to demonize celestial plural marriage in order to fit the, the program for the rest of her book. Now, I don't deny the horrendous story that she has to tell when she left our family and, and went into Ruland's family. It was beyond my imagination that she was subjected to all that. Had I known, it would never have happened. So you're sorry you did that? I am extremely sorry. That's one thing I wish I could redo all over again. Have you told the two girls that you're sorry about that? I have not, and right now I can tell Rebecca. Rebecca, I am deeply, deeply sorry that I got you involved at that marriage. What do you want from Rebecca now? I want Rebecca to, to correct some of those items in the book, make the timeline correct, and let this be the strongest advocate for against sexual and physical abuse of women and children. I want it to be the best book ever written on it, but I want it to tell the truth. Well, there are clearly differences in what she recalls and what you recall. So is what you're saying is you want her to write your book? <laughs> no, but what I would like to see is Rebecca sat down with everybody involved let them tell their side of the story, not me tell it for them, and, uh, and, and correct it, make it right. You understand that she doesn't need the men from her family or sect to tell her what she knows. That you understand, I understand it's a different situation. Then let her go on a lie detector. I'm willing to do that. Well, we just may take you both up on that. <laughs> Good. All Good. right, we're going to let uh, Rebecca respond when we come back, and uh, thank you, Lloyd. <laughs> Closed captioning provided by... Want to get something off your chest? Sign up for the DrPhil.com community and weigh in on your favorite episodes and share your personal stories with other community members. Plus, get started on your own blog to share your thoughts on the topics that interest you most. I'll be reading those message boards. Log on to DrPhil.com today. Well, Rebecca, um, thank you for coming back out. Um, I, your, your father is now gone. I ask him for a final comment before we move on. Any final comment from you? I'm here to talk about the lessons that I've learned, not to set the record straight with my family. I honor their journey. The book that we're talking about is The Witness War Red, and this is a compelling read, and it's more than just an expose on FLDS, it's a story of inspiration, it's a story of courage. Rebecca now pays it forward by speaking about abuse and how to break the cycle. And one of the things that she talks to women about that I really like is what she calls her Red Flags program. And uh, we'll have long versions of this up on our website at drphil.com and on uh, my Facebook page, but I just want to go through them by title now. Uh, number one is understand your needs. 
Yes, every single human being, we all have needs. We need to belong in the circle that we belong in. We you say need understand to your rights, too. And understand your personal human rights. Right. We need to separate. This is one of the most important lessons, even of today, sitting with my father. Separate the words from the actions. And you say measure your confidence and monitor your thoughts. How do you feel when you interact with a person after you interact with the person, do you feel more assured, more solid? We all are entitled to write our right to grow and to express ourselves, or do our, the people that you're interacting with make you feel yeah. small and ashamed? And you say monitor your thoughts and your shame, measure your pressure levels, and talk about number eight right quick, own your right to say no. When you understand what your personal human rights are, and you understand that to have healthy relationships, healthy boundaries, you have to say no. And no one ever told me that I could look at that man and say All right, Rebecca's book, The Witness War Red, is available now in bookstores. Be sure and pick up a copy. I, I want to thank Rebecca and Lloyd for being on the show today. For more information on today's show, you can go, as I said, to drphil.com and our Facebook page. We'll have more about her eight red flags is so important. You did a great job on this. Thank, Thank you for you. being here. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye.